talk about the Oriental Army, I believe wholeheartedly that the army is going to be under Oriental or, or that kind of leadership. I don't think it's going to be a combined effort. I, I think Russia is going to join in with China. Uh, but China has been, if you think about this, how China, uh, you know, has, they've wanted uh, boys to be birthed. They've taken the boys for the army and on and on it goes preparing for this day. China, a lot of people don't understand. It might be a beautiful place. I've never been there. I know some Chinese people. Now, that are wonderful people, uh, but the, the fullness uh, of the, the Chinese government and the idea behind the Chinese government is right in the middle of prophecy, and that is to oppose Jesus Christ. And, and somehow they're going to take that demon that was on Hitler to, de- to destroy uh, Jews and to come after the elect or the good, you know, God's apple of his eye. Uh, those that demon's going to get on China more so than it is going to be, uh, you know, multiplied or accelerated. Somehow Russia's going to come in with them is how I, I see the Bible read. But this is going to be a predominantly uh, uh, Chinese or Oriental army. And I believe that the same thing that Dr. Hilton Sutton used to say the same thing. It's going to be 200 million men Oriental army. Well, I think um, Russia has a lot more to do with the Gog-Magog war than... Which is another war we didn't, didn't even talk about. Uh, we we got to get into that next week because the Bible talks about World War Three. So where's that fit in? I, I think probably soon. <laughs> it has to be soon. But it's still in it's still in the tribulation. World War Three is not pre-trib. It, it's middle. It's I don't, I don't say mid, meaning three and a half year mark, but somewhere in the seven year tribulation period. The Bible talks about a, a war that happens in a separate place than the Battle of Megiddo. So you're talking about the Mount of Olives. But that's not where the Bible talks about World, World War III will take place. It's in a different valley. So this it could be a pre-war, but it looks like in how the verbiage biblically is talking about a World War III. So we have that. I think the Gog-Magog War is probably going to happen before or leading right up into the rapture. But then Hilton Sutton said there's two Gog-Magog Wars. Uh, he seemed to think in Scripture there's a Gog-Magog War in the beginning of the first three-and-a-half-year tribulation, and then he also believes that there's going to try to be a second Gog and Magog war in the rising up uh, when the when Satan is loose for a short period of time. Uh, he shows in Scripture, and we'll, have to, we'll get into this next week, that uh, uh, another group rises up and tries to have another Gog-Magog-type war but the Bible says that God makes easy work of them, meaning uh, that's not even really a battle. God just deals with that thing quickly. Well, I think, well, first, the Gog-Magog war that's coming up, that is going to be a God-provoked war, I think, because the the Bible says that God will put a hook in their jaw and pull them into this war, which I think is the Gog-Magog war that's going to happen, I, I believe, probably with Russia. I think the one that Hilton Sutton was talking about in the scripture talks about at the end is like almost like a type of Gog-Magog war, but I think it's going to be just rebellion against God. It's not going to be necessarily Russia as far as Gog being the leader and Magog being the land, but I think it's going to be like a rebellious war that satan is going to lead them into well we need to find these things out we're not going to know them we'll see them from the bleachers of the kingdom of heaven however people are going to need to know uh, what's going on so we'll talk about that a little bit 
uh, next week. I also want to get into uh, next week the beast system talked about in Revelations 13. The Bible talks about a beast system, talks about a false prophet, because the Antichrist is not going to run this singularly. He's going to have the great whore, uh, which is going to be the system that's set up. He's going to have the false prophet that's going to obviously deceive many. The Bible talks about the false prophet. Uh, we're talking about the, the European nations will come together and probably make up in, in when the European nations come together, which we see now treaties being signed, uh, that'll be a common market for humanity. As that becomes the common market, that becomes the great horror because the, the great horror will rule uh, trade. Uh, that's the, 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 you know, we can say a one world order, but it, it, it'd be better to say a European, a common European uh, market and or banking system. Uh, and that's where I think fit in a cashless society because what you're going to need to, to, to pay and what you're going to need to obtain things is the mark of the beast because in that mark, I believe, now, now uh, please, the Bible talks very clearly several places about a mark you're going to take. doesn't tell us what kind of mark, but understand this, Jesus was not ignorant to the future. God wasn't ignorant to the future. God's the beginning God and the end God. So he he knew and even talks about another sign to the end times are futuristic things or, or man creating things, man discovering things. That would be, would be a sign. Uh, but God knew the ability of chips, microchips, uh, like he's not uh, in the Ark Ages, you know, uh, or in the, the, you know, caveman ages where he's like, what is this chip? Right. So it may be a chip, it may be a barcode. Uh, it's going to be something that ties you to, that places you under the control of Satan. But in that mark, I believe they're going to be able to read addresses, uh, locations, uh, your businesses, what you do, when you do it, uh, monies, because there's not going to be the, the ability to free trade. Everything will be tracked. Medical records. Uh, so anybody everything. you're doing business with, if if you get out of your little you know synchronized life, they're going to know about it, uh, and on and on it goes. Uh, years ago, what was the Big Brother? You remember Randy's in, in the audience today. You remember the big fuss? Was it seventies, eighties about Big Brother? Well, Big Brother will probably they were right about that because they said that Big Brother's going to know everything. We're almost to that age now until the resistor, the body of Christ. I like calling it the body of Christ the resistor, the resistance, but it's a resistor. We're resisting, restraining. But when we're taking out this horror of Babylon or this European system, they're going to have every cell phone. Uh, they're going to have, now I'm getting into your stuff now. You like all this stuff. They're going to have every cell phone. Uh, Justin showed me the other, other day a, a high uh special forces person personnel that said we have the ability within your chip of your phone chips of TVs chips of computers without your battery without you being plugged in or turned on uh, to track and record you it's already here and, and the government says that the special forces military special forces have used this several times like the little idea, you use a flip phone, you can't be tracked, and all this stuff. No, no. They say, we use this technology now. How much more, uh, when good is gone and evil prevails, 
will evil things be used against you at the highest level? Oh, it's for sure. I think AI is going to play a huge part in what's coming. Talk, talk about uh, that a little bit. I know, you, I know stuff, you've been studying the, the AI a little bit and reading into that. Well, they think a lot of the signs, well, I mean, we don't know because we, we're not there, obviously. We can speculate, we, we can speculate on the to foundation a, of the scripture, I would say, but uh, we're to not going to say this is like, scripture. But they have like statues now that are, are going to be able to talk, you know, during the tribulation. It talks about, you know, gods that, that have voices and can talk and all that stuff. And they attribute a lot of that to AI, to the stuff that's going on now, which Elon Musk is by no means a godly person at all. And he said that to the destruction of the world, we could probably... Well, he's yeah, trying I, to go to Mars to get away from the destruction of the world. It's going to be horrible. Uh, Lester Summer, let's talk about this. Uh, he talks about, he's got a great teaching on the three frog spirits that are loosed in Revelation, the book of Revelation. Uh, the three frog, there, there's so much that's going to take place in a seven-year span. And the, the majority of the book uh, the, of Revelation, the Revelation John had on the Isle of Patmos, was pointed towards the, the seven-year period of the tribulation and beyond i think i read somewhere or heard someone say somewhere that there's still 500 prophecies that have not been fulfilled in that book or, or in ezekiel just in general still 500 prophecies that haven't been fil- fulfilled after the rapture happens there'll still be 500 all of them are going to be fulfilled during the tribulation because god can't come back until he fulfills his word so right? within a thousand and seven years there's going to be a lot of prophecy. And a lot of it, like I say, when you look in, in the book of Revelation, you can't read it for its face value, meaning when it talks about dragons, it talks about frogs. Uh, understand like the, the different dragons, the sea creatures, when it talks about the sea, it talks the, the word sea, when you study that, it talks about a, a sea of people. Uh, when you talk about the dragon, it doesn't mean a sea dragon. It means uh, a, a person that comes into the sea of people and, and annihilates or preys on a sea of people as a dragon would and, and moves freely uh, within that sea of people. The frog spirits are very simply, uh, once again, I'll, I'll have to pull that up for you, uh, where Lester Sumrall, who is, who is very proficient on the end times, uh, said that just like a frog is in the, the slime, uh, moves around the slime freely, and the the algae freely, and on and on it goes. Uh, these three frog spirits are going to be released in the last days. The the, the different bowls. Uh, I haven't got into the the pillars, different things, but the different bowls. Uh, you, you look at. Oh my goodness! The seas of blood, the river of blood, uh, the the sun, the scorching sun. Now that's not only going to scorch trees; going to scorch people. People are going to run in, into shadows because the sun. Now, we don't know if it's a micro a measurement or how much, but somehow the earth and its proximity to, to the sun is going to be changed, manipulated by God as an end time sign or as an end time judgment. And, and people's uh, time in the sun will cause extreme sunburn, uh, a scorching, the Bible says in Revelation 16. Darkness, days will turn dark. People are going to come out and say, where's the sun? Where'd the sun go? Uh, uh, and, and on and on it, it goes. It talks about sores, uh, boils, sores mm-hmm. on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are all found in Revelation 16, Revelation 8, Revelation 16, 16, 16. Go read Re- Re- Revelation 16. Also talks about end time war, Revelation 16. Also talks about Revelation 16, the fu- uh, fury of God. These are all in the bowls, which I, I believe to be poured out in the first uh, three and a half years. Oh man, 
a lot's going on. <laughs> this is the day in which we live. Where our, our feet, if it was a cliff and we were going to fall into this, uh, uh, I would say two-thirds of our feet are hanging over the cliff of the rapture and the For tribulation. Sure. For sure. I think we're that close. Wow. Well, I don't know, church. We've got a lot of work to do. A lot of church members need to sober up. You know, the, the, the Bible talks about in, in the New Covenant uh, several different places to be sober. Uh, and we read that a lot of people automatically go to, to drunk on alcohol. Right. Uh, but but uh, the word, the, the meaning is if you're drunk, you're under the influence. Well, if, you're, if, you're, if God's, the intent of that scripture is you're under the influence of a false idea. So uh, you may be drunk on the false idea of you don't have to have good church attendance. You don't have to be in ministry of helps. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to offer. Uh, I can live a loose life. I can live a, a, a sinful life and still make heaven. And and God breathed in the letters to the church, you, me. These weren't the letters. The letters aren't to the church of old. It's to the church age. Listen to me. The, the biblical letters that were penned by our forefathers in the faith, uh, these were not penned to the old church. These were penned to the church age. We are living in a church age. The, the church age. When the rapture takes place, the church age will be over. And now you're going to enter into uh, the, the tribulation age. But the church age will end. So this right now we have 2,000-some years of a church age. And this new covenant is dealing with the church and the church age. So the letter to sober up wasn't to the church of Galatia. It wasn't to the church of Thessalonica. wasn't to the church of Laodicea. It was to the church age in which we are a part of. And God calls us in those letters to continue in Christ and to overcome. So what does that mean exactly? Like, what does that mean? I don't believe, you know, we don't, we can't understand God's grace because we're not God. We can't understand God's mercy. But why do we want to test the line? Like, where, where is the line that, that it's too far? Like, where is the, where is the line drawn that it goes from God's grace and mercy to you just don't love me. Yeah. I, I never knew you were going to have to depart from me because I never knew you. Where is that line? I don't know. Like only only we know and only God knows the heart. Like I know my own heart, but God knows our heart. But why do we even want to test that line and get so close to it that you don't know? Well, you said it earlier. I got saved from. Why do I want to go back to? Like you didn't need to be regenerated to go back to sin. You were living in sin. Why don't you just stay in sin? But then when you got when you ran from it, because you were sick of it, it was tormenting you. It was it was you know, taxing, but now since you have a Messiah, you you think you have uh, free reign to go back and dabble in sin. No, it's, no, it's deception. It's high deception. Uh, um, you think about this: uh, when someone get overdoses um, with drugs, they have a a, a another uh, an antidote called Narcan, and it uh, completely brings you back to sobriety. I don't know how it works. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. But I, I, I watched on shows. I've seen different things. They say, bring Narcan. They give them a shot of Narcan. They come back to life. Um, there's a lot of Christians that are so drunk and under the influence of the day. I'm not. Now, let me go further. There, there are elders. There are pastors. There are ministry of helps. There are leaders at the highest level in the body of Christ globally 
that are under the influence, drunk, as Paul talked about, to the letters of the church. And the only thing, uh, the only hope they have of sobriety is the word of God. The word of God becomes the mirror. That's what James says. The word of God becomes a mirror. And and you look into that mirror and you see who you are in the word of God. That's the only the, the reckoning agent of help or hope that a deceived person has is looking to the, the law of liberty, the, the word of God, and to see how they measure up. I, I can tell you right now, people who are deceived have a very, very little prayer time. Uh, prayer is another eye-opening. Uh, prayer is the, the, the path in which we communicate with God. If you have a clear channel to God, you can't live deceived because God will inform you of your deception. So a Christian that's in high leadership, a Christian that or professes to be high leadership, so on and so forth, but their life is a wreck. Mm-hmm. They don't have Bible time. Now, they can put together a little Bible story. They can put together little Bible emails, little Bible texts. They can put together, they can say a little prayer, uh, but that that can a hypocrite can do that. Right. A hypocrite put together a good little Bible study. A hypocrite could preach a message, run a church. But a, a person of God that has the fruit of God, they got to be a person of prayer. They have to be a severe person. There's no such thing as a, a Christian that's not severe, especially in this hour. And that's where my fear is, is what happens to these people? You know. Well, you know what I think is, there's such a high level of deception in, well, first of all, the devil, because he's in the media, he's in all of that stuff, but it's such a high level of deception in the media on, you know, social sites on all these things. You're not getting the truth in any of these things. Like you don't, we don't even know if what's true in the world or not anymore besides Jesus Christ. That's the only truth that we know is Jesus Christ. But people are so wrapped up in social media and they're so wrapped up in watching TV and reading the news and listening to the news and stuff that it's so easily to be deceived because they don't have a truth to be grounded on because they're not reading their Bible. They're not going to church. They're not doing even the Bible says even the very elect will be deceived. That means people that are should have been further along, should have been further along in their walk with Christ that know more than other people that serve maybe in higher positions than other people, even in the church. And they're going to be deceived away from everybody because we're putting our eyes on what the world is saying and on what media is saying and on what social media is saying and social influences are and all these people. We're more concerned about what they say about what's going on in the world than what Jesus Christ says, what's going on in the world. And so it's easily to be distracted. It's easy to be well, um, sidetracked because lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God they're finding pleasure what is the chemical dopamine mm-hmm. I talked about Sunday uh, dopamine uh, is a it gives you a feeling of, of high uh, of, of accomplishment of completion uh, they say now dopamine is released uh, when you feel like you, you've gained victory uh uh, and it's a fa- there's a falseness to dopamine because they've figured hacks now the the body. I'm not talking about they. I'm talking about you, we, society, humanity have figured how to hack dopamine. It's one of the greatest feelings ever. Uh, it's a feeling when you know I, I guess the, to this modern culture when you put a video out or you put a picture out and you get five thousand clicks, five thousand likes, shares. 
in that feeling of euphoria for a few minutes. Well, we become we become dopamine addicts. We become dopamine junkies. And now, now once again, we're talking to the body of Christ. And you see the body of Christ, um, where they that may be a pleasure, but in deception, uh, you cannot love God and serve Him part time. You cannot love God and give Him part of your life. Yeah, and I don't care who you are. You may say, "I love God," and I'm a, I'm a, you know, a sinner. No, no, no. You, you may have an idea of love for God or some kind of, uh, you know, absent thought, but you are not in love with God, and live in that lifestyle. It's impossible. So, I don't know. What are you, you cutting me off? Or are you taking my battery? <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to help people. You know, I'm, I'm by no means judging anybody. But maybe some of this will just kind of poke someone in the side that's living in high deception. I mean, I have said it, babe, you, you, you know, me and you have private conversations. Obviously, you're my wife. I'm happy about that. But we've had private conversations uh, about not only individuals here, but, you know, just the church, the state of the church. And you can't point it out. Because if you point it out, people in deception are vicious. Sure. Uh, so it'd be like this. If I point out as the pastor something in your life that you're living in deception, you know, under deception or in deception with, and I come to you and point it out, that spirit of deception now causes me to be the enemy Wanting something from you for me individually. Yeah. What's, he's mad. He don't have it. Uh, church is mad because they don't get it. Church is mad because I'm increasing. No, 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 no. You're not my increaser. You're not, you're not my source. Don't ever confuse that. Any listen to me. If I ever pastor you, if I ever teach you, if I ever help you, you will never. You're not, and you will never be the Summerlin family's source. Period. And I will never, this family will never come to you looking to rob, steal, or take anything from you in error. What we will do is do our best to help you avert sin and avert this coming terrible day. That's what we will do. But that's what people in deception do. It, it would be like this. Let's say, uh, let's say you, 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 you know, you're deceived. Let's just say that. And you got $100 million. But you left God. Now, when I come to you and say, hey, you left God, uh, all you're going to see is I want your $100 million. Right. When I don't care less about you, go burn your $100 million. I want your soul. But under deception, that demon turns them as an enemy because they're already deceived. They're blind. That preacher just wants my hundred million. He didn't care about me when I was there before I had the million. He never came to my house. We didn't need to come to your house. You were serving God. So, you know, before this great deception, if you went to someone that you genuinely loved, right, you you had a relationship with them and you went and pointed out their sin or you went not even necessarily point out their sin, but just tried to rescue them from their sin, 
they might be mad at you for a second, but then they go think about it and they say, you know, right? Before um, lawlessness. Th- thank God. Thank you that you said something to me. You didn't just let me out there drown by myself. You threw me a life ring, so I'm not drowning by myself. It's not like that anymore. Now they don't even see where they were wrong. No. Because the deception has so taken over, they don't even see where they were, where they missed it or where they were wrong. So you throwing them a life ring almost is like offensive to them because they don't even know that they've done anything against the word of God or anything wrong that they even need to apologize or repent for. It, it's high deception is the, the, the spirit of the day. But first John and, and John tells us in first John two, little children is the last time as ye have heard that antichrist shall come. Even now are there many antichrists? even now, 2000 years ago, uh, even now, 2023, accelerated 2,000 years to now, even now heaped upon till now, multiplied till now, and deceiving spirits are antichrist spirits. These are spirits people are contending with. Uh, another scripture in John talks about uh, your, your stuff. Your, uh, your stuff will leave you. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world will pass away and the lust for it. But he that does the will of the Father shall abide forever. How many Christians have become stuff-minded? I I can sit here and say famous preachers' names that I used to follow. But we're living in the last day but I'd say day without the S. And they're still talking about a stuff increase. So if you teach someone how to increase with stuff, but you don't teach them how to get into the kingdom of God, if they were here, they would combat that, say, well, they're already into the kingdom of God. You don't know. People fall away. People backslide. So if people have backslidden to a certain state, but they're they're filthy, wealthy, dripping with, with the jewels of the world, you think you've accomplished the word of God in their life? God just said, uh, well, I don't love stuff. I just have stuff. No, 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 no. Where your, tre- where your uh, treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And what else is scripture? What does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So you got to think about this. I know people, so-called Christians, that have collections, stuff collections, uh, and I know where their heart is because when we talk, we don't talk. They, I don't talk to them anymore. You know, I, recently I've written letters to certain people and said, um, I'm writing you off. I used to talk about Jesus with you. You have lost, you know, you're, you're, you've lost it. You want to talk about stuff. I don't want to talk about stuff. Your stuff doesn't impress me. Jesus impresses me. You used to be this. You're no longer this. And the Bible says I don't have anything to do with you. So this is my letter of resignation to our friendship. Some of you might think that's harsh. But I don't have time to to be fl- to, to someone to flirt me uh, in error away from the things of God that are deceived. I mean, that's the day where the, God says, if you love the world, well, how, how do we know? Like, what's the gauge? What's the meter, last day's meter if someone loves the world? Time. Well, it's time. If you get a 24-hour uh, day, which we do, and you give God 10 minutes, don't tell me you love God. If, if you get seven days a week and you give God two hours at church, or if you're a 50% or less Christian, 
you know, like the virgins, there are five of them that were, five of them that weren't. But if you're that person and then you're going to come tell me, don't tell me I don't love God, I love God. No, no, you don't. All right, go. If I come home to you half of the time and tell you, just be quiet. You don't worry about where I go the other half of the time. I love you. Is that going to work? Not for me. (laughs) But that's where we're at. Then that's where the church got to wake up. I can't wake them up with words alone, but the anointing of God on this teaching, the anointing of God that's on our life, uh, will go forth and give the word access that will begin to the Bible says, cut open the person, uh, go into their intents of their heart, of their heart, uh, of the, the where they act from, uh, and begin to divide and and cut away and trim away all these deceptive ideas and mistruths. That's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's the hour in which we live. We're living in dark days, but we're the light of the world. Uh, we're living in the end, but we're the head, not the tail. Above only, not believe. So uh, above only, not believe. You can't get in doom and gloom if you're in right standings with God. This should be the most exciting time of your life. The Bible says we are created for such a time as this. this. We were not created to be in another no. time, in another place. It was created for right now. I couldn't think of a more exciting time to actually live, but I'm excited because I get to escape the stuff that's yeah. coming, but I can't think of a better time no. that I would want to live. But people that are deceived, you know, they think they're living in a good time, in deception. Hey, I think we should take a break. We'll regroup next. Maybe we'll do it Thursday. We'll do a show and we'll tape it when you're going to be out or something. But we got to stay in this vein. This is not doom and gloom. We're not upset. We're not angry. We're not in doubt. We're not in fear. We are happy. We're full of God, full of faith, full of life. We just know the hour in which we're living and we're trying to rescue souls and collect people and take you with us. Harpazzo. Uh, raptured out of here until next time i got my gal with me uh, baby girl and uh, we'll see you in a couple days if not we'll see you wednesday night church sunday morning god bless you i love you another podcast